0: And uh, it's great to be able to connect with uh, friends. And what a great talk from Paul as well uh, tonight. Really helpful because we are in very unusual days, aren't we? Unprecedented days. And many people, including prophets, never really saw it coming. And as we're in this season, I do believe that uh, that which the enemy intended for harm, uh, God wants to turn around for our good which means that this could be a highly productive uh, season. I've been thinking a little bit about um, uh, how God has lined up through history uh, ways in which the gospel can be proclaimed that take people by surprise. In the days of the Roman Empire, I believe that roads became used for the sake of the gospel, and they became places where travel could extend the kingdom uh, very quickly. And then there was the printing press era where uh, the printing press enabled Bibles to be printed so that the ordinary person in the streets could read the scripture. And it's my belief that uh, we are in this internet season where God is going to actually use this media in ways perhaps we have not understood. Imagine if this had happened even 10 years ago. We might have made the odd phone call uh, but we wouldn't be able to connect possibly. We wouldn't have the technology or the know-how and I'm trying to catch up desperately on this stuff because I want to be a 21st century pastor as we connect together and uh, God uses these new methods and new things and I don't know whether you're finding this, but we're actually connecting with more people in this media than we were before the lockdown. That doesn't mean we want to remain online. It's not what we're designed for, is it? We are designed for relationship. We're designed for hugs. We're designed for face-to-face contact. But I do believe in this season of lockdown, uh, God is turning things for the advantage of the church. And could it be? that actually in this season, things are gonna turn for good. And I loved what Paul had to say about worship pulling walls down. I've been reading more in the last season, had a little bit more time to do that. I've been reading some uh, church history books lately. And um, one book that I read recently uh, devoted a whole chapter to a particular theme Uh, where he was talking about the tremendous growth in the early church. What were the reasons for it? He was a sociologist who looked at all the facts and said, what were the contributing factors to the tremendous growth of Christianity from a handful of ordinary unschooled people to become a world movement very rapidly? And one of those things, it took me by surprise, it was the heading of the chapter and the heading was epidemics and he talked about in church history in the early centuries that there were two very major epidemics and and uh, the the period that they lasted for was not months the first that they think uh, was uh, smallpox lasted for 15 years and thousands and thousands of thousands of people across the empire died And following that, it was likely within a matter of hundred or two years that there was another major epidemic that they think was measles. And again, many people died. But the truth of what he was saying was this. The pagans ran from the disease, but the Christians ran to the people that were in need and they became the hands and feet of Jesus. And many of them died, though in the research, it seems as though many, many Christians were protected, even though they went and did good and healed the sick. And of course, in those days, with no understanding of viruses and germs, even, uh, this was attributed to the miracle power of God. And so this was one factor of the tremendous growth of the church in the, in the early days. And of course, other things that contributed was that Christians just started to live differently. Uh, Against the backdrop of crime and broken relationships, Christians began to say there's a different way to live. And for the past 12 weeks or so, I've been looking personally into the Sermon on the Mount and I've been thinking, isn't it amazing that Jesus gave us this manifesto of the gospel and yet so often in terms of character, we don't think about humility being a breakthrough. For, for us. We don't think of meekness uh, bringing us to inherit the world. We don't think of being poor in spirit. We like to have our act together. We like to know things. Uh, it's amazing, isn't it, that actually mourning over our sin, we find the comfort and blessing of God. And I've been thinking a little bit about, in these days, can God work in my life, character? the character of Christ, the fruit of the Spirit, so that we don't just react like everyone else does. The Christian community really is meant to be different. And we're called upon to be men and women who uh, are going to turn things around and we're going to see the kingdom come. And could it be in this time of hardship that yet again, and I believe this for most of my life, could it just be that God is wanting to pour out his Spirit in extraordinary ways And could we again see a God consciousness hit our land as revival uh, comes? That's many of our hearts. But until that day, we want to consistently honor Christ. And Paul has spoken very much about that personal commitment to know who we are in Christ. But he also uh, shared with us, I think, in that uh, illustration from the Old Testament, that you can't do this stuff on your own. To do an effective shout, it's better uh, to have corporate shout than just my little shout on my own, almost into the vacuum of the world around me. But when the church becomes the loud voice church, when the church begins in unity uh, to come together, then God commands his blessing. And I found it intriguing tonight that we opened with Psalm 133. I must have preached on that through my life many, many times. It has to be my favorite psalm because I do believe that this thing called unity that is like the elusive butterfly. You can't get hold of it. But when unity begins to happen, God commands his blessing. And certainly in the city where I live, in Lincoln, in the period of time that um that I've been in ministry, I have never seen or witnessed unity levels like we are enjoying today. Now sometimes it's the hard times that pushes people together and it's my hope that this won't be a a kind of an until back to normal we'll connect. But what I want for a few moments tonight to talk about is not so much that inner uh, work of God uh, in me as an individual, but I want to talk a little bit about stuff that we've all talked about, I guess, for a long time. I want to talk about networking. I want to talk about relationships. M- most of my life ministry has been to do with some kind of just the desire to connect, the the desire to uh, network. And in the church uh, that Charles mentioned, which is not as good as he said, but a live church, uh, we're multi-site. We believe that relationships are vitally important. And in the ground level network of churches, uh, for many years now we've said relationships are so important. Uh, to be together is better than to do things on our own. And also I have the real privilege of connecting with a number of national forums at leadership level. And you may remember the, uh, the worship that went across our nation only a matter of few weeks ago in, in that uh, movement for, for unity as over 60 worship leaders representing all kinds of churches from the Coptics, the Baptists, the Methodists, uh, and we even had uh, representation from Alive on there as the blessing uh, went right across the UK. These are unprecedented days. We hear that from the government, and I think we need to say within the church, these are very, very special days, and we thank God for the unity that is emerging in our land. And so to tonight, what a privilege it is to be with you in the Southwest. I have to say, it's a joy to connect this way rather than have a five hour uh, trip or to have to come for a a whole lot of hours to turn round and come back. Um, And so, hey, this could catch on. It may be that in these days, we're learning things that perhaps we should have seen before. And sometimes when we say we can't connect because of geography, all of a sudden there's a method and a way whereby we actually can. It's a little bit more difficult, isn't it? But we want to be able to connect. And, uh, and I want to talk for a few moments tonight on this, this thing called networking. Now, if I were to say the word network to most people, they would not talk about church networks. They would actually come to the Internet world. They would talk about connections and, and internet and the, the World Wide Web, because networking in many people's lives, especially in the generation that's coming through, is not to do so much with relationships. We in church have got that word network in our thinking. But uh, a definition uh, that I read in the dictionary as I was preparing this said, an interconnected or interrelated chain, group, or system. And when I was looking at this, I was thinking we don't want to be a system. We don't want to be a chain. We don't just want to be a, a link. But what I noticed in that definition that speaks of the, 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 the wide way in which networking can take place at many levels, what I noticed were two words that I've used a great deal. It says in the definition an interconnected or interrelated chain, group, or system. And so there are two words uh, in that little definition. The first word is connect, and the second word is relate. And so connection and relationship are vital parts of networking. In fact, we call our areas where we have uh, people from regions meeting together. We, we call them uh, connections. Um, my Methodist roots, connections was a very important word, to be able to connect. And as we connect, relationship becomes vitally important. And so today we live in a world of communication. The internet recently has become a big part of our lives. And of course, at present due to the coronavirus, We've been restricted and confined, but actually the internet has allowed us to connect and keep communication flowing. People now are saying, of course, I'm Zoomed out. And I think that this is perhaps my fifth Zoom of the day. And uh, we don't want to live like this forever, but it's been a joy from my point of view to be able to connect with so many people and so many leaders. We've actually had bigger crowds gathering online than we were live. In fact, for the one event that we've mentioned, the Lincolnshire Show, we have the, uh, uh, the event on the Lincolnshire Showground, the uh, Lincolnshire Show was canceled. But my information was that they had more people connect online for this year's Lincolnshire Show. They had more trade, they had more connectedness than they have ever had in terms of the thousands that actually have turned up at the showground. So I'm kind of hoping that when we connect one event where you are there's no restriction. It's going to be free which means more people are going to connect and you can watch it in any part of the world and also you don't have to just watch it live but you'll be able to watch it later and who knows thousands uh, could uh, uh, tune in and a part of the one event and so we can turn things around but ultimately relationship and connection has to be more than zoom calls doesn't it it has to be something that is tangible and real and I want to just um, unwrap this a little bit in our thinking I'll not be sharing stuff that you've not heard before but I'm still passionate about this thing called networking And I want us to just look at these two words in a little bit more detail and then come to some scripture together. You see, I believe this is the time to learn the power of networking as never before, both for leaders and for churches. We all desperately need one another. Human beings were never designed to be islands on their own. Uh, I and many of you as leaders will have will have felt that independent spirit where people say, you know, I want to do it my way. I don't want to connect, I, I, nobody's telling me what to do. But there's something very wonderful when relationships that are not forced, where control mechanisms are loose, but we actually say we're designed for relationship and we're designed for friendship. And so let me just talk about those two words, relationship. I know it's a buzzword and we've used it many times and I guess in your church you've talked about how important relationship is and we, we point to the family don't we and family relationships this is the family of God but the Bible really is filled with friendships with teams. In the Old Testament you've got schools of prophets. In the New Testament you've got teams of disciples. Uh, Throughout the New Testament, you've got apostolic teams composed of men and women. And uh, you've got these groups, you've got teams of elders, all of those things. And as we read earlier on in our time together, I think these things are good and they're pleasant. It's great when there's a chemistry and we feel that we belong. I hope you're not one of those leaders that gets up on a Sunday morning and thinks, oh, no, it's church. I think we need to be people that when we wake up, we just want to be with the people of God because relationships are so important. Now, I know you've got a bag of stories, as, as I have, of letdown and and um, uh, people uh, not wanting to hear and and the difficulty of uh, leading, all of those kind of things. but. Again, as Paul said, to be able to actually stand up on the inside and say, you know, I'm called to this. It's a privilege and I want to be with my friends and I I want this family of God to prosper. A man called C.S. Lewis said this, people who bore one another should meet seldom. People who interest one another often. Now, I'll not say too much about this, but we've not met for some time. And uh, I'm hoping it's not because I'm a bore, but actually, isn't it true that we want to be with people we want to be with? And the church is designed for this. You know, I get those warm feelings when I think of people. You do need to know that actually, um, this will surprise some of you because I am aging somewhat, but every morning in the lockdown, apart from the Sabbath, of course, I do a morning run. I'm not the sort of person that finds it easy to find the prayer closet and, you know, have endless hours of intercession. I have to be doing something. But what I am doing and have done for the 12 or longer weeks, every, every morning, apart from Sundays, and when I injured my leg for a short period, I r- run every morning, but I run for this purpose. I run to bring the names of friends and colleagues from our local church, our region, our city. I name and pray for all of our city churches and leaders. I want to pray by name. I don't always remember everybody's. And then I go through the ground level leadership. And you do need to know, I pray for the ground level network from Penzance for Morpeth to Morpeth in the north, and I normally mention York, which is about halfway uh, across, and I mention people by name, and then I go through a list of national leaders, and then I get onto the Partners for Influence group, and I name them before God, and then I get onto to the uh, international uh, friends, and I name them, and I usually just pray, I pray their name and say, Lord, bless them, Lord, bless them. Uh, the problem is because I'm getting to know more people, I'm running a bit further these days and I've got to pull back on my prayer list. And I don't say this to impress you because I'm not the world's greatest prayer. But what you do need to know, this stuff is in me. The 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 relationships, the friendships are vitally important in my life. And um, And I want to encourage you as the Southwest region to just think about, you know, digging deeper in terms of, Relationship and pressing through, getting to know one another, and hopefully wanting to meet together. And then, of course, connection. It really is a principle in the scriptures, right the way from Genesis chapter one, where God says it's not good for man to be alone. It's a principle that I think is in the word of God to be connected, to be related. And I would actually say it's not good for church leaders to be alone. In fact, I might go one step further and say it's not good for churches to be alone. I personally want to be accountable in my life. I want to know that there are people alongside. In fact, in our structures within our trustees, we have on our trustees people that are not part of our church so that we can have a little bit of an external look into what we're doing so that we're not... um, Pigeonholed in just our thoughts and the way that we think so relationship and connection are important and I find That in a particular passage of scripture that I want to briefly bring you to now these two words of Relationship and connection are very strong and I want to take you uh, to Philippians chapter 1 and just highlight a few things from this passage this chapter uh, that highlight the importance both of relationship, which is that human part of loving, loving one another and being committed to one another, and also connection, which is to do with that next part, which is not just enjoying being together, but being connected for purpose. And it's highlighted in Philippians chapter one. So let me pick a few verses out that, that illustrate this. Firstly, to do with relationship. And this is Paul writing to the Philippians. In verse three, he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. These are words that show something of the heart of Paul. Verse four says, In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. This is illustrating that Paul didn't just see this as a church he's covering, but he has a relationship with real people. He feels something. It's highlighted in verse 7. It says, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. For whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. He says, I'm carrying you in my heart. I wonder if that's how we feel about one another, about fellow leaders around us. We carry them in our hearts. And then in verse eight, it says, I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And then in verse nine, he talks about wanting uh, through his relationships and connections, the prospering and the flourishing of those around him. He says in verse nine, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. So when Paul's writing to the Philippians, he's he's feeling something. It's filled with emotions. I carry you in my heart. I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Now, I cannot say that everybody on my prayer list, you know, I'm carrying in my heart. But what I do believe is there's something very special about God-given relationships. But in this first chapter, it goes one step further. It's not a happy-clappy club. This is Paul writing to the Philippians and actually thanking them that out of that relationship something important uh, is done. And so in verse 4 it says, in all of my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Partnership in the gospel. We have a little saying about our networking, but we want to see partnership without ownership. The aim should be that we partner for the cause of Christ, that we're better together than apart. And a number of things from those verses, there was a kind of a God connection. It says, from the first day until now, you partnered with us. It's true, isn't it? There are certain people you just connect with one of my best friends is an American called Jack and we met about 30 years ago, perhaps longer actually, uh, and we connected and it was like we'd known one another for, for years and every time we meet, and we don't meet that often, but our hearts have been joined and it's that kind of feel, connected for the cause, partners, For the gospel so there was a god connection from the first time paul says until now there's been this partnership and there was a god connection for purpose partnership in the gospel and this god connection was there even through the hard times and the difficult periods and in chapter 4 and verse 14 it says yet it was good of you to share in my troubles This sharing, this partnership, wasn't just when things were going great, but it was actually in times of sorrow, in times of difficulty. And how many of us know we need people alongside when we're hurting and when the pressure's on? And that's what this partnership in the gospel is about. That's what our connectedness is about. That's what relationships and connections are meant to do. So just as I conclude, let me just give you a number of things that i and i'm biased on this because this is perhaps my my pet theme but let me for a few moments just give you a number of things that you can fill out in your own thoughts but the value of networking why am i here today saying this is important well i've got a few things down here and you can fill them out but the first thing is this networking widens our perspectives networking widens our perspectives. I'm quite conscious that a lot of the stuff that I have worked through in my life has been because people have invested heavily in my life. I remember when I was first coming into ministry there were two people that really committed to helping me on my journey. There are many people that I can name and I try to name them on my run to thank God that they helped me and they widened my thinking. And through some of those relationships, they actually got me into trouble occasionally because they extended my thinking from just religious thinking to push the boundaries with regard to this wonderful thing called the kingdom of God. And so networking widens our perspectives. It also challenges our mindsets. Most of us have blind spots. All of us have blind spots. You know where at the present time I believe the Holy Spirit is bringing to the church this whole area of racism and how we're going to function in terms of bringing through the the gifts and the ministries that God is bringing to our land. We are so blessed in in Lincoln with particularly African believers that are coming with their gifts and ministries but we're in a particular time where we have to say If we are to really genuinely network and partner, we must make sure that our mindsets are dealt with. Because it's not just a matter of being inclusive and saying you're welcome to be among us, but we know we're making progress when those people are around the table. But they're not just around the table, they have a voice at the table. And this is a long-term commitment, but we desperately need to do it. And we need people to help us with it. Irene and I have been on some Googles um, where where black pastors and leaders of networks have been addressing this issue and I realise that mindset needs shifting. We've had the privilege of being on little groups particularly with a pastor called Pastor Agu who heads up the largest black church in in the nation and um, He was helping us to be able to recognize we have biases. We don't know that sometimes we carry these things. We've often inherited a way of thinking and we think in particular ways. Networking helps to challenge our mindsets. And I'm just thankful that I'm being educated a bit these days by people that know more than I do. Networking also covers our insecurities. I suppose this is a time for sharing weaknesses as well as strengths. Paul, I think, very boldly talked about his journey. Mine's not dissimilar. Insecurity is a thing I've carried most of my life. I would often turn up at a, at a meeting where there was a perhaps a large crowd, and I felt intimidated. And I'd say, "Lord, what am I doing here? You know, I don't have the gift to pull this off." And i had to realize that some of those insecurities you know were actually devices that were quite selfish and i needed to learn to recognize who i am in christ that if i'm called to something then he will give me the grace to fulfill those things networking also develops our giftings i'm the richer because people helped me with this there have been people that have prayed over my life I've tried to put myself in the way of the anointing. I've, you know, I've made sure that if there's a great speaker there, I I, I want to make sure they've got their hands on my head before they leave. And I recognize that through people and through relationships, I'm the richer because of people's investment into my life. And I guess that's true for you as well. Networking also increases our influence. Unity movements are growing across our nation at this present time across evangelical alliance. They are Marking many unity movements across cities and regions and towns. These are good days and uh, uh, and Also partnerships aren't just confined within church life. We've had the joy in lincoln of lately partnering with the nhs And the nhs are actually paying for the work that we're doing with the emotionally and mentally challenged people in the city of Lincoln. I never thought that the church would become vehicles of grace where secular uh, setups could partner and bless and we need to believe for those things more and more. I believe that uh, networking also stretches our thinking. Um, Iron sharpens iron. Uh, a friend of ours, Tony Miller, who will be speaking at this year's One Event. First time I met him, I felt very intimidated. He's a, he's a lot bigger than me. But he was a lot sharper than me. And in the, in the car as we're talking, never met him before. He was asking question after question after question about how we operate, what we do, um, our structures in church. And a lot of the questions, I wasn't sure that I knew the answers. And I was thinking, is he really interested in that? Or is this a mechanism, you know, of relationship? And I was was puzzled by it. But the time now that I've known him, with all his ability and is one of the best and greatest speakers in, in, in the world at this time, he's spoken all over the world the reason that that has become possible is because he has always wanted whoever is with to question and to widen his thinking and to actually uh, stretch his capacity and his thinking i learned something from that so now instead of just sitting quietly in meetings i ask questions it's a good little device you ought to try it i'm nearly through Uh, As I sum up, networking also offers reference points and accountability. You know, every, every Christian leader I've met says, I want to be accountable. But the problem is you never know whether a person wants to be accountable until you hold them to account. It's very, very different, isn't it? When everybody agrees, everybody loves one another. And yes, we're accountable. But the moment you say, I'm not sure that's the way to do it or no, I shouldn't do it that way. You begin to then ask the question, you know, am I really accountable? Am I open to correction? Am I willing to change? And I just love the thought that there are people to the left of me and to the right of me that are covering and blessing, and there are one or two special people that um, will do that corrective thing, where I don't just become defensive and and because we all do that somewhat but i hope that as we develop as christian leaders i'm putting this before us to say that i want to recommend some of these principles that we're not designed just to run our thing independently but but that relationships are worth investing in connections for purpose are vitally important and it could just be in what we're talking about today one of the greatest things that we can ever do is we can partner for the sake of the gospel. So thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to share with you tonight. I, I hope some of those things have landed and you're happy with those uh, things, but I'm here to kind of encourage us to come out of our, our own personal worlds to just broaden our thinking. And we would, we would really love you uh, to connect, if at all possible, uh, with the network and and I think we're finding new ways and, and uh, we've not always been good at it but the heart has been for that and we want to say thank you so much for many of you for the years of connection that we've had. God bless you.